Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we finally talk about Kendrick Lamar. I'm your host, Will Brost, and co-hosting and joining me as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. Patrick, how are you doing today? I am excited. Yes. Yeah. This is a big one. I am too. This is the album of the year. Not like... (laughs) necessarily my personal favorite album of the year (laughs) there there it is (laughs) (laughs) there's the podcast this is my album of the year uh no this is the like event album of the year at least every every music podcaster's uh dream (laughs) exactly and every music podcaster as long as they're covering hip-hop at least some of the time is talking about this album no one is skipping over the kendrick lamar album the first album in five years from kendrick lamar you know, everyone is talking about this album or has talked about this album. I realize it's been a couple of weeks since this album came out, but you know, we're not in instant reaction type podcast and, um, I'm good with that. Uh, especially for an album like this, that's, uh, you know, a little dense and has some yeah. topics and is a little deeper to digest all of that fun stuff. Um, I mean, I saw actually on my YouTube, like algorithm or whatever, a couple of videos where it's like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers instant reaction. And I'm just like, I don't think I want an instant reaction of this album necessarily, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's it's cool for a lot of other albums, and I enjoy some of those videos, but I don't know if I need it for uh, for this album in particular. Yeah, this, these kind of dense albums like that, like instant reaction uh, vid- videos, I feel like don't quite <laughs> match up. Like, that's this isn't the kind of... Uh, there's certain songs on here that I think are good for for that, but I feel like you want more, like just I don't know. Trap stuff is great for instant reaction videos, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see like uh, Fiona Apple fetch the bolt cutters instant reaction. <laughs> like whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, yeah. See, I'm like, gonna have to listen to that like four more times, but I think that that was cool. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what it would be if we had done this as an instant reaction. Just like, oh, our first instant reaction would be, I wish I had more time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just totally undermining the concept of instant reaction. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you guys on how I feel about this. <laughs> well, we have gotten back to you, or at least we will over the next hour or so. Uh, yep. let, let me just do a brief introduction on Kendrick Lamar uh, for anyone who's somehow not familiar with Kendrick Lamar and is also listening to a music podcast. <laughs> but shout out, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is a that would that would be maybe my dad. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, you know what? Oh, let's check out uh, my son's podcast. See what yeah. this is about. So this is for <laughs> shout you. Shout out to yeah, exactly. <laughs> shout out to dad. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Lamar is a rapper from Compton. Uh, He's often considered the greatest rapper of his generation. Uh, There's a strong case to be made that he has the best discography of the 2010s, regardless of genre. And I might make that argument, but that's a different podcast. Um, Section 80 uh, introduced myself and plenty of others to Kendrick Lamar way back in 2011, around the time you and I were really starting to get into music, Mm -hmm. you know, really getting our feet wet with these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 2012 follow-up album, Good Kid, Mad City, that's the one that made him a star. Yep. Uh, it's often considered his best album, uh, perhaps not as frequently, though, as my favorite Kendrick Lamar album. At least, you know, we'll see where this one ranks. Mm-hmm. 
2015's To Pimp a Butterfly, which is generally considered Kendrick Lamar's magnum opus and one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. Uh, a couple of years ago, you and I ranked our top 50 albums of the 2010s, and To Pimp a Butterfly was my number one. Uh, it ranked mm-hmm. high, ranked pretty highly on your list as well. I want to say top 10, maybe borderline top 10. Um, mm-hmm. The 2017 follow-up to that, uh, titled Damn, uh, continued his acclaim and commercial success. Uh, it even earned Kendrick Lamar a Pulitzer Prize, uh, I believe being the first non-jazz, non-classical artist to win the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, feel free to fact check me on that. Um, it has been five years, five years since that record, and we finally have the follow-up to Damn. Think about how long the wait was between Channel Orange and Blonde back in the day, and everyone was like, when is Blonde coming out? When is that coming out? Yeah. That gap was not as long as this gap, as weird as it is to think. Um, yeah. But yeah, five years since a Kendrick Lamar album. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is the name of this album. Uh, it has an impressive Metacritic score of 89 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I personally think that's a little misleading in regards to how polarizing this album has been, though, especially among fans. Uh, it has a Rate Your Music score of 3.65 out of 5, uh, which is really good and mm-hmm. s- similar to many Kendrick albums. Um, but that rating is like a notable step down from albums such as Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly, at least according to the Rate Your Music community. Uh, this album has been the subject of at least a couple of controversies, uh, which we will undoubtedly discuss. Mm-hmm. As such, I want to go ahead and give a content warning. We will be discussing sexual abuse on this podcast. Uh, Patrick, there is a lot to talk about. Are you still awake after my long intro? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you say that again? Sorry. Yeah, so Kendrick Lamar is a... <laughs> um, I'm not sure where to start. I guess just how much did you like this album? Just, you know, well, I guess we'll start there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll... I'll um, I, I totally understand why this is a polarizing one. Mm-hmm. I think that the... I expected the initial like crazy amount of hype for it i think that like the day after this came out this was actually sitting at a 100 on metacritic yeah <laughs> um which is like you know uh, it, it, that, that's kind of nuts yeah it's like the white album but only like 20 years after release you yeah know? exactly <laughs> that's what that is it's, it's kind of absurd yeah um yeah it's a it's a really interesting album mm-hmm. um it's i i still like it, it's still kind of like i'm really glad that we gave ourselves this much time because i've yes. gone back and forth on this quite a bit mm-hmm. um but i really ultimately come to the same kind of basic things which like are that there are lots of, of concepts and ideas about this that i think are really fascinating some of these some of them are executed kind of weird Mm -hmm. i don't some of them are kind of like lazily executed i think too Mm -hmm. um some of the production on here is amazing Mm -hmm. uh and there are a couple of songs on here that i wish were just kind of cut out Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah that's kind of like the basic breakdown of like where i've been 
where I've been landing at each time I go through this. Yeah, I think you and I are similar in the fact, I mean, we'll see if our scores align at the end. I think we're kind of somewhat close to each other at the very least. Um, But I think we're also similar in just our big picture uh, thoughts in regards to like, you and I have gone back and forth on this album. Uh, Yeah. This is an album that I think I've, I've thought about this album a little bit pretty much every single day since it came mm-hmm. out. And I've listened to this a lot. And before I even share how I feel, I kind of want to get a couple of caveats out of the way. Because this is a quote-unquote event album. And you mm-hmm. brought up hype. So I what I didn't want to do is be so... And I'm a huge fan of Kendrick, as I like, you know, at least in the past. Um, as I mentioned in the intro... Uh, what I didn't want to do is get caught up in the hype. I, yeah. I didn't want to uh, already decide going in that this is going to be a great album because the name Kendrick Lamar is attached to it. But I also didn't want to go the other way and say, well, this album was disappointing because it's not as good as To Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid Mad City. Because most albums aren't as good as good kid mad city or to pick a butterfly by any artist you know uh whatever my favorite album of this year is it's i'm probably not gonna like it as much as to pimp a butterfly and so that's kind of a ridiculous standard to hold an artist to even when it you know i want to be as fair as possible when evaluating an album i want to really understand how i feel about an album and then subsequently be honest about those feelings on this podcast I don't know why I said on this podcast. I try to be honest outside of the podcast as well. (laughs) No, uh, otherwise you're just like, (laughs) just whatever anybody says about it, just like, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, yeah, I never do that. I never lie just to save face in public. That's not something I I need to open up about. Um, The other caveat I wanted to briefly mention is that um, this is a really dense album. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot that... I'm sure I need to unpack. I'm, there's a lot that I, I'm sure I didn't get. Like, I'm not coming in here saying, like, I definitely understand this album 100%. That's not my perspective. Mm. I tried my best up until this point, right? But at the same time, not every criticism or disagreement is an example of someone not getting it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a lot we're going to talk about, and I've seen some criticism about that, and I've seen a, a common reaction of just like, oh, well, that's not the point, or you're missing the point, or, yeah. or you just didn't get it, you know? And that might be an example where someone did get it, but is just in disagreement. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a little bit uh, overly simplistic to just kind of, like think that because there's a concept attached to this or there's a deeper meaning attached to a certain song or uh, the album itself or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, not appreciate or not appreciate not liking that uh, doesn't mean that you don't get it it just means that right you know, you're you're uh, yeah you have you have an idea about like or you have a uh, an opinion about these things that's really all that it is right and that's all you can really do with this right yeah. is like try your best to understand what you're listening to and provide your opinion on this thing to the best that you can and you know so ultimately 
where I'm landing, I guess, is that I am kind of on the fence about this album. I think if you were to ask me just, is this a good album or is this a bad album? And that's uh, the only, my only two options are good or bad. I would probably lay on the good side. I'd probably say, oh, uh, between good and bad, this is good. Yeah. But I would, I would say I would say that too. Yeah. Bad I would reserve for like, you know. Yeah. If, if I've got a, it, it lands in the uh, five or under category, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not there. And I, if someone asked if I would, hey, should I check out this new Kendrick Lamar album? I would say, yeah, check it out. Give it a shot. Um, but this this is my least favorite Kendrick Lamar album, even if there are things mm-hmm. that I do like about it. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty conflicted on a majority of the aspects of this album, um, whether it's kind of like big picture issues that I have about some of the concepts here, or just general inconsistencies with music quality or you know song quality. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, there's a few songs I could probably do without. The one thing I will say is pretty much unquestionably good, in my opinion, is that Kendrick Lamar is still one of the most talented rappers out uh, in terms of flow, uh, mm-hmm. lyrical ability, rhyme scheme, especially his cadences and his voice switch-ups, which is one of my favorite aspects of his music. Kendrick yeah. Lamar himself, as a rapper, is still very good. Yeah, that's like I, I would I would agree that that is pretty unquestionable on this album. He he showcases new ways of uh, yeah he he finds new ways to showcase his talent on this album mm-hmm. that he hasn't in the past, and he does it in in ways over some of a really really interesting production, very original production. Yeah, so super original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. The the there's no shortage of talent mm-hmm. showcased on this project, right? And it, since you mentioned the production, um, I for the most part I really do like this production direction. Uh, like we said, very original. I have not really heard a rap album sound like this. Um, it, there are a few instrumentals that I feel like I have heard on other rap albums. And I think maybe yeah. you already know, maybe in your mind, which ones I'm referring to. But for the most part, a lot of these piano-centric, dramatic instrumentals, um, those are the ones that I think are doing the most for me, for the most part. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I I think that uh, also just kind of like the shuffling drums yes. that are kind of present all over here, um, kind of the more minimal, stripped-back uh, moments, I think are really interesting. Um, I will say though there are there is a, a bit of a lack of cohesion at some points on here that is it's not like it's not terrible but there's just moments where I'm like I don't know why this you know why this moment was necessary or something but mm-hmm. we can get into specifics uh, if if you want to here in a second too yeah I'm trying to figure out uh, should we start general and go specific or should we start like music and you know kind of aesthetic and everything and then boil down to like concept that's kind of how i'm trying because again there's so much to talk about here that we could go in any certain direction um at any given time let's start music let's yeah let's start talking music i think that's a good a good way in yeah okay yeah just like musically how we feel um 
one example, I guess my one of my favorite instrumentals on this album, I think illustrates the best at what this album is trying to do instrumentally. It has every component of that and it does it perfectly. And that's actually the instrumental of the opening track, uh, United in Grief. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I think this is a fantastic instrumental. Yeah. And it has qualities that a lot of my favorite instrumentals on this album have, which is to say it's dynamic. It, there's a lot of depth to the instrumental. It's not just you hear the first 10 seconds of the instrumental and that's what it is for the next four minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts with this piano. Uh, it has these sort of... Uh, um, I forget the adjective you used, but the drums, uh, the shuffling, yeah, kind the shuffling of sound. that's on here it, to the point where like, I thought it was maybe a little bit of like backwards, uh, in, instrumentation at some point, there were vocals laced into the instrumental and there are plenty of producers on this song. And in a way that shows, uh, which can be a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing here. There's plenty of ideas in this instrumental, um, and I, I specifically love the piano on here uh, because it reminded me of like Radiohead, um, yeah, which okay. is which makes me wonder, Patrick, is this album Kendrick Lamar's Kid A? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I had to That's get. That's what I'm talking about. You got to bring back an old, you know, dusting off the old joke that we used probably back in 2016 yeah. when that meme was relevant, but. <laughs> Contrast that to an instrumental like Rich Spirit, for example. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of maybe a more typical sort of trap hip-hop instrumental. Mm -hmm. It's fine, but it, it, it the standards that were set at United in Grief, I you know, it doesn't match to that. And that's kind of the inconsistency I'm feeling throughout the album instrumentally. What did you think? Yeah, that's a really good breakdown of, Thank of you. that. I I think um, an example for me, um, for the tone of this album that I, I think re uh, really sets like the high mark is Worldwide Steppers. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that like the weird like ambiance to it. And the and and that same like the the way the drums just kind of like hit on this offbeat and Kendrick kind of like compensates for it with this he has like that percussive cadence to his rapping I guess yes that yeah it like it like compensates for the lack of drums and it makes it so interesting like I I think that it's fantastic and then the beat switches <laughs> yes on it are are just executed like so well and it adds this um like i said the the ambience around it is like so dreary and but like intelligent and and heady it, it's it's the bizarreness the it, it's it's so cool i i think that that is one of the production high marks on this and i think uh really helps to set the tone for the album for me I totally agree, and I haven't seen a lot. I mean, there's discussion on the content of this song, but I haven't seen a lot of praise for the instrumental, which is a shame to me because I agree with you. I love when the piano comes in on that, how well mixed it is. Uh, yeah. Into instrumental. Mixing isn't necessarily something I always pick up on, but I thought in this instance it was notably great. And of very course, satisfying. Very satisfying. It, it, it's like 
I love the minimal instrumental, and then that just that little bit of flair like took it to the next level, and then that switch to the West Coast sound was even if it was only for a few seconds, I thought was pretty great. Um, but I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I thought that was uh, one of the production highlights for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The um, but yeah, and then um, I think Rich Spirit, like you said, is is an example, and like uh, mm-hmm. Count Me Out as well. Yeah, right. Um, and you know, to some extent, Silent Hill. I think that um, that one is is a little bit better than the other two that I, I mentioned because it has this like really uh, again it, it leans into this like kind of bizarre uh misty uh like head very just uh melancholic type of production that i think is really well done um and laced throughout the album but mm-hmm. the, the other two like count me out and like you said rich spirit i don't know I, it, those are just moments for me that i'm like uh that those are examples of tracks that i kind of felt didn't add much uh both in especially in the production, but even in the content, which is, uh, you know, something that we'll, we'll end up touching on in a, in a bit, mm-hmm. even in the content, it's, it's not as effective as many of the other tracks on here. And since it's a double album too, I'm, I think I've, that's is a thing too. When it's a double album, I feel like I am more critical because I, you're, you're sitting me through like, you know, and, at least an hour and yeah. 10 minutes of of content usually so i'm gonna be like all right like this has got to be worth my while mm-hmm. and uh there's yeah those those are just moments where i'm like they're fine i don't think that there's anything wrong with them um like you know too much but it, they're mm-hmm. just kind of unnecessary and a little bit forgettable and um <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just it, it it's it's an interesting album um, for that. And okay, and I'll say this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the uh, uh, production on the like Worldwide Steppers, right, as as an, the example that I was using, is an interesting thing, and you find it laced throughout the album. But I wish I had a little bit more consistency with that too. Uh, I, I feel like I'm switching around a lot and I know that there's this like uh, there's this overall concept that's supposed to be associated with the album and that's the case for a lot of Kendrick Lamar albums mm-hmm. um, but on an, on an album like T-Pab the production really matched up with pretty much everything that he was trying to go for in a, uh, con- in, a in a conceptual way and in a surface way, like if you're just listening to track by track. This one, I, I'm not sure track to track how I'd like, I have to kind of do some reaching in order to like find an association with the next song sometimes. Yes. Um, and I think that I, you know, based or uh, uh, thinking about this concept overall or or the way that some of these tracks tie into each other um those songs like worldwide stepper uh the, that have those moments of like really just bizarre dreariness to them are the moments when it's realized for me there's 
moments that don't have that and are also kind of forgettable that totally kind of take me out of it and I have to reach and be like okay well you know maybe this is what he really meant by it and I think Mm -hmm. when you start doing that is when you start having a bit of an issue I think that that was an awesome like there's so many things I I wish I remembered you just said because there, there was a lot in there where I was just nodding heavily uh, and I was like, yes, yes. Um, I feel like I was a little vague with it, but we can we can talk about the specifics. I mean, if you were, like, at least I think I picked up on what you were saying. Because okay. I think this, it seems to be like an issue of cohesion to an extent. Um, where if I'm just going through just, just the first four tracks. Uh, number one, United in Grief. I already talked about that instrumental and why I like it. The second track, N95, yep. also an yep. instrumental that I like completely different than um united in grief it's the closest thing to a quote-unquote banger on this album right and it does bang you know i like that um, yeah then we go from that to worldwide steppers which we just talked about is this really minimal oh it's great when this pretty piano comes in mm-hmm. and then we follow that up with die hard which is right. maybe the poppiest song on this album so like song to song i'm trying to think where is the uh, kind of the the sonic cohesion? And when I think on when I think back on this album, the instrumentals that really stand out to me are these more somber piano moments. Not only because I think they often sound the best, but I think they do the best at selling the themes that this record is trying to go for. I guess if I'm supposed to interpret this as sort of a a Kendrick therapy session, or at least him sharing yeah. his thoughts with us. Um, I think that is the, the route this album should be going more often as opposed to Silent Hill or uh, even like Purple Hearts, which is an instrumental I actually really like. But like mm-hmm. within context, I'm not sure that song needed to be here it seems like nine songs that definitely belong on this album and another nine songs that like could have been on other albums maybe i I guess yeah that's a good point honestly like i i kind of appreciate the concept that people are associating with this with the therapy session but i gotta be honest i feel like that kind of hinders it because Mm. i'm not really like uh, there's plenty of points where I'm not really getting, you know, the therapy aspect of it, like, you mm-hmm. know, like Die Hard. Um, and, the, you know, that that's fine. I guess you can, you can tie it in in other ways. But it's also way too vague of yeah. a uh, concept for me to really buy into it. You know what I mean? Like, like okay, I mean... He's just he he's he's always been this artist that like uses his hip hop as therapy as a therapeutic outlet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you could put that on any of his albums. Honestly, I mean this sure. literally has you know excerpts from Eckhart Tolle uh, talking directly to him, I guess, and that's what they're being like. But if that's like your way of like hinting at the concept too. I think it's a little on the nose. It's a little heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. I you know, I could see that. Yeah, I, I I do appreciate it. I think that it's executed fairly well for the most part, and there are 
plenty of moments on here that I that I'm like, oh man, that was really that felt really cathartic, like a therapy session, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, again, I I'm kind of like I don't know if we really need this. <laughs> I think that you know you could listen from track to track on here and appreciate it just for that. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that makes sense because the, and you know me i'm all for a good concept too absolutely absolutely and sometimes i think it's like nail on head you nailed it like um i think ultimately he's trying to say so much on this album there's so yeah, many different exactly, things he yeah. wants to say and because he wants to say so many different things we only get i wish we got deeper on some of those things um which is why I'm going to talk about my favorite song on the album, just period. Um, This is a song that not only I think sounds good and has good performances by both Kendrick and the featured artist, but is also a track that really hones in on one particular traumatic element. Uh, And as such, I think we get more out of that than maybe we get on a mention of therapy here versus a mention of, you know, like on some other songs, right? So the song I'm referring to, I guess, is uh, Father Time. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, featuring Sampha. And I think it's just really cool that an artist on Kendrick's level is talking about, like, father issues and toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really, really cool. It's not really a topic he touches on on really any other song here. Maybe a brief mention here and there. But... This is the toxic masculine song on this album, and as such, I think he does a pretty decent job at going in on like his relationship with his own father. Um, you know, daddy issues, hid my emotions, never expressed myself, men should never show feelings, being sensitive never helped. Uh, and I really liked that, and it was an example of a song that I think worked musically. Uh, mm-hmm. In regards to, again, I think Sanfa's hook is pretty great. I really like the keyboard on this song. I like, uh, once again, this sort of depth to the instrumental that I wish more instrumentals had on this album. And uh, Kendrick, from a vocal performance, uh, does a pretty good job of selling his emotion as well. Um, so that's kind of an example of what I wanted on this album overall in every aspect. Like, that to me is the best example of what this album's trying to go for musically and conceptually. Yeah, that that's great. I I, I kind of got that, that same feeling from uh, Mother I Sober, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where I felt like he captured on that one all of the pain and trauma and uh, guilt that he was feeling throughout the, the album. He channels it really cathartically uh, and transformatively um in through this song and he discusses it in pretty brutal detail also on here um but for the most part really thoughtfully i think and uh i think that i think that this one is so cathartic and it actually makes me see him kind of go through a real change from front to back without forcing anything which you know we can talk about uh, another track where he, I think he's definitely forcing some level of uh, look at how much I've changed. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on this one, he's, uh, he's doing such a good job of like 
recognizing um, all of this pain and trauma in a generational sense yes. and actually discussing it and in a societal sense and discussing it in a really thoughtful way and he comes out on the other end and you really feel like you've gotten through something here and you feel like he's moved past it um, just from just from this one track the production is also amazing yeah it complements of whenever he starts breaking into that you know the classic kendrick on the second half of it he's like getting intense and the instrumentation's building um he nails it on on this song i i think that that one gave me more of a therapy session feeling just from this one track than mm-hmm. i got on uh you know the the whole like structure and interlude yes. type of things uh uh in the rest of the album yeah i totally agree when when people bring up this sort of therapy trauma aspect about this album mother i sober is the first song that comes to mind mm-hmm. instantly this is the kendrick is sitting on the couch or laying on the couch at yes yeah. you know that's the vibe i'm getting with this song um and it's a long song uh so it gives him an opportunity to really go in on and it's yeah. at the end of the album so all of the themes he's been kind of hinting at throughout the record many of them come to a head here um i agree with you i think this is pretty great and once again that piano instrumental is the yeah. type of instrumental that really helps sell what this what this song and what i think the record ultimately is trying to go for it's yeah i i think that it's i think that it's awesome and i think that it does show that kendrick he knows what he's doing on this project i think that it's just it's just kind of misguided um at certain parts and yeah. a little bit uh i wanted to get into this too yeah a little bit over the top on the feeling of uh the savior complex where kendrick mm. has it feels like and he directly addresses this too but the the feeling where he needs to be the one to figure it out and the one to tell everybody you know what they're supposed to be doing with their lives mm-hmm. and like the way the world works and making the change that really changes things and stuff. Um, I think that like, I, I think that that kind of, that really makes an appearance on this album. Mm. And, um, and I, and I think that it's interesting on savior, the songer he starts where he actually addresses this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does a pretty good job of it, but it's just interesting because he directly addresses it, but yet he still falls victim to it a lot of times um, on certain songs on here. Yeah, it, it can get kind of preachy, mm-hmm. uh, this album, um, which, you know, like like you're saying, it's, uh, you know, uh, being less preachy may take that savior label off of you a little bit, in the eyes of your audience at least. Yeah, um, and- yeah. And I think that, uh, like, Mother I Sober is a good example of him being very, uh, not preachy, but, I mean, he's, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Mm -hmm. He's being really passionate, right? Yes. And he's saying a lot. Yes. And a lot of it is very heavy stuff. But it's not preachy because he's speaking from his perspective and from the heart basically right and he's not like saying like 
this is the problem that we all have and this is how we need to deal with it sometimes kendrick really nails it with that stuff but i think he he kind of overdoes it a little bit sometimes with that too yeah i think that's fair and um this is one example this the savior complex that he has or that people are putting on him i guess um is one theme of many on this record where i agree like in a vacuum like okay, we should not treat celebrities as saviors. I don't look... Yeah. At, yeah, it's not good to look to Kendrick Lamar or to any artist or to any human as, like, a deity. I am against stan culture. And then, like, mm-hmm. I'm agreeing with Kendrick on a lot of these things. And then it's like, oh, wait, oh, he went that way with it. It's like, oh, we agree. And then you use that to argue why it's okay to have like kodak black on this album you know what i mean like uh, yeah, yeah. Like he'll that's a t- good point yes and, and we'll get more into why i have issues with that but there's a few things where it's like okay i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you and then it's like oh you you took that that way <laughs> and yeah and it loses me a little bit and many of these songs even when i like them lyrically there's often a lyric or two that stands out as like, oh man, I don't know if I can like vibe with that, or like, I think your views on cancel culture are pretty rough here, you know. Um, yeah. And we'll, yeah, we'll get more into that too when we, I think, start talking like specific songs. Um, yeah. So okay, so like diving more into content now. I think we're yeah, we're yeah, totally into our content now. Totally, totally into content. Yeah. Um, like uh, a a small example of of this uh, for me is like on N ninety five. Yes. Where the majority of the song is um, kind of focused on material possessions and how you know none of this uh, none of this really matters, right? Yeah, take all and, that designer bullshit off. What do you have after that or whatever? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of a, it, like, I agree with with all these things that he's saying, right? Yeah. Like that these material possessions are, you know, sometimes just a distraction from a larger unhappiness or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There's, totally. the, there's all this has been said for forever. There's <laughs> religions based around that whole concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kendrick and discovered I, Buddhism, for you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of that feeling of like, uh, like I agree with this stuff, but he's not saying anything new at all, right? Um, and and I'm kind of like I, I'm left very empty-handed. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm and uh, sorry, sorry. Continue. I I do want to say one thing about this song. Once you're done making your point, though. Well, that yeah, that that's pretty much it. it it's just kind of like he's. Yeah, he's it's yeah not saying anything new. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Right, and not only not anything new, but like, okay, this idea again. I agree with this idea of like taking off your mask or whatever, you know, like showing your true self. But like this comparison between like taking off your mask versus like act a physical like COVID and ninety five. Yeah, yeah, it's a little too like. And not to hold Kendrick to a higher standard than other people, but it's a little like I expected a, a, a more original comparison. I guess this is it's it's a little I'm fourteen and this is deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's a good point. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I was also like also potentially uh, not 
good because <laughs> right because <laughs> like, there is uh, a pandemic and uh, <laughs> yeah there is and i feel like people especially with kendrick are they're always wanting to dive into this deeper message that he's trying to tell them mm-hmm. i feel like that one can quickly get uh turned into a he's telling us we have to literally take off these masks right like oh kendrick is now a uh an anti-masker and and since we're on that real quick there is a lyric uh later in the album i think it's on savior uh yeah yeah he says uh seen a christian say the vaccine is the mark of the beast then he caught covid and prayed to pfizer for relief then i caught covid and started to question Kyrie. <laughs> so i guess he does kind of address that <laughs> um so I don't think of Kendrick as like an anti-vaxxer yeah. or anything like that's not my takeaway. But I thought that yeah. that line it was well, just kind yeah, of strange. Think, it was I think that, that that's him uh, clearly saying like, okay, I I I realize that you know even though I was maybe skeptical, this is actually a real uh, a real thing. People, but the way he said it, I'm like. Why were you yeah. <laughs> leaving Kyrie Irving in the first place? Yeah, and which I guess is the point of the song, right? Like, don't yeah. look to Kyrie Irving as your savior, which it, that's great advice. It, I, I would give that advice to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. It was like, I caught COVID, and then I started questioning Kyrie. I'm like, well... <laughs> yeah, it, right. And, like, I mean, a lot of this album is, like, realizing... Um, that you should be better. Like it's Kendrick halfway toward being right and him admitting his faults and like working toward that. But I think some people might hear some of the lines on this album and the takeaway is going to be like out of context. Oh, this is what Kendrick definitely thinks. And I'm not sure what he thinks about a lot of things, honestly, as like open as a lot of this stuff is. There's still some aspects where I'm like, okay, so what do you that's a good point think he about does that. leave it kind of open-ended in a lot of ways right which i guess if i'm being like really generous kendrick fanboy like that's a lot of therapy sessions i guess is like you don't <laughs> you don't reach a conclusion you know but yeah as a listener and you know honestly let's let's use this point i think maybe to transition to the song we cry together because this is a song i want to talk yep. about yeah, definitely. Uh, and we can talk about like why this song is honestly I think pretty neat and pretty cool at least yeah. conceptually. But this whole idea of like what do you believe, Kendrick? Like what are you saying about this? On this song there's like a the third verse or, or I mean I don't know if there are really verses given what the chorus is on this song. Yeah. But he has these sort of moments where he's like women in general can't get along or right. like you're still playing R. Kelly's music, and I'm wondering, like, it, are do you believe that? Are you playing a character right now? I could see the character for, like, this song specifically, but there were other moments of, like, questionable commentary throughout the record, and I'm left trying to figure out, okay, is this something Kendrick actually believes, or if he's, or is he playing a character? Because I think if he's playing a character... And he's saying these things that I just do not vibe with. Then that yeah. kind of lessens the like, this is Kendrick, the portrait of the human aspect of the album. Am I making sense at all? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, does, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like Kendrick has played characters on his songs in the past. And he often, that's kind of where his vocal cadence comes in a lot of the time. It's like, yeah, okay, this is Kendrick. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is me as a kid. Or, oh, this is a perspective of someone 
you know, someone else who is, is not even me at any point in time. Um, That's so, a really good point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I, like, how much of this is in character? And like the emotion, yeah, the emotional impact of this record is lessened if any aspect of this album is in character. Because if any aspect of this album is in character, then you're left to question just how much of it is in character. I would compare it maybe to something like Phoebe Bridger's Punisher is really great because you know she's like detailing all of her emotions. She's not like playing a character. Yeah, she's also citing specific instances that are real. Right. Yeah. And at no point is she being like tongue. Oh, for this song, I'm actually like not Phoebe Bridger's. I'm like a separate character. It like she doesn't have any of that, and the record works better as an emotional piece because of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm kind of ranting. Uh, I'm going to do that a lot, by the way. I'm going to rant a lot. On this that's, how, that's how the, these, this one is going to go for sure. Exactly. I, I, I'm going to do that. Speaking too. of ranting, how did you feel about We Cry Together just yeah, in general? Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to <laughs> get my thing about this. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. So I, I did interpret this uh, as a character i mean i certainly hope so mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I very much hope that this isn't a real like argument that he had with his wife or something right it could be real but i don't know if it is yeah like it's it's yeah. realistic fiction is where i think it is exactly yeah, yeah. <clears throat> my but yeah my my like initial interpretation of this is basically that like he's got this side to him that he feels come up um, in his relationships or something that he he's got these these feelings that are just like bubbling up and he uh, is painting a character that is vocalizing all of those things mm-hmm. and and like showing the ugliness of of it and how that can create a dynamic that's really messed up. Uh, in both parties <laughs> and ultimately on this one like I mean I I feel like uh, a lot of pe- I, I feel like a lot of people are talking about this one um, and taking like sides a little bit oh. <laughs> I haven't even tried to do that honestly but that's interesting <laughs> yeah I mean both parties it's it's a it's a messy messy song yeah intentionally um, so but yes yeah ultimately I think I end up coming out like listening to the woman's perspective on on here a little bit more because Kendrick's character is just so clueless as to what's actually (laughs) going on it sounds like she's even Uh, like what the fuck are you talking about at the same point where I was like what the fuck is he talking about yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) I'm like pretty much in agreement with yeah Uh, oh god (laughs) so anyway but uh, I think that I, that's the, like kind of how I I saw it is like it's left open for the listener to kind of like interpret on their own, but it's clearly a very ugly dynamic and it's showing like the ego in in him um, and all this like insecurity of in this character that like really has nothing going for them. They're just like kind of taking advantage of people that love them. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, what you're saying, where he's not actually kind of taking a stand on it. And then the follow up to it with Purple Hearts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I really actually like that song a lot. I think it's a great kind of like just it, it's basically just straight up love song. Yes. I, I think it's great. I think Ghostface's verse on it is like I love it. really great and surprisingly very wholesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it does add a weird romanticism to mm-hmm. the previous track. Mm-hmm. You know, especially given the way that it ends. I didn't think about that, but that's a decent. That's a pretty yeah. good point. Yeah. I had that because that, that we cry together leaves you with such a like oh my god like kind of a pit, and right. then uh, it's followed up with Purple Hearts, which is like so you know lovely. Yeah, I that's weird because I my notes for Purple Hearts is like you know I actually really like the sound of this song even if it doesn't stand out thematically, and I didn't even think of how it may tie into the previous song. I just kind of thought oh now we're going to this completely separate idea. Yeah, um, I, I actually like kind of like it. it does, yeah. I feel like it's you know you know quote unquote supposed to tie right. into it. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I'm sure there's ten metaphysical layers that uh, you just didn't get it. <laughs> the Kendrick Lamar subreddit could oh could God. explain for me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, oh it, it, if it does tie into it, I'm kind of left like questioning why it would because mm-hmm. that's not the kind of relationship you would want to romanticize. No, no. And, and I wish yeah. I didn't have these weird, like, lyrical hang-ups on this song, and honestly, many other songs, but you, these moments that I kind of nailed, or uh, po- uh, pointed out specifically on We Cry Together, it, it does take me away from the song a little bit, which is a shame, because, like, I think conceptually, I think this is really cool. I yeah. like, I like, uh, you know, big MF Doom fan, so I'm reminded of Victor Vaughn's like "Let Me Watch" uh, featuring Apani oh, B. Oh yeah, yeah. Where that song is more of like a budding romance, and you know, she has a crush on him, and he just you know wants to like you know have sex or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's a little silly, yeah. but also kind of sweet. Um, this is like heated argument for over five minutes um yeah. but it still rhymes and it's still on rhythm like it is a rap song mm-hmm. and i think just the the performance aspect like the vocal performance and the rapping from both kendrick and uh taylor page i think is fantastic and so i i wish there weren't those little hang-ups in this song because i really love this song and this is a fine example of like a memorable song that i don't think i'll listen to very often in the future um but it's just i yeah. think it's it generally speaking this is pretty good stuff there's just these little hiccups and that's kind of a common theme i'm having throughout this album as i'm listening to it yeah yeah that uh, i would i would totally agree with that i think that we cry together is one of his most inventive songs um i think taylor page's performance on it is like so pretty good. amazing best feature on the album i think now that it i'm defi- kind of looking I would, at yeah, it yeah definitely yeah. i like there are certain moments that it that like she manages to stay on rhythm and in rhyme but not make it sound like she is so right you're, it, you you're further immersed into this argument but uh that's the one thing really I, I actually I have a slight complaint about Kendrick's performance is that Taylor Page does such a good job acting it out. Mm-hmm. I think Kendrick goes a little bit too traditional with just the straight up, you know, like, like rapping it, of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, there's certain moments where he's just clearly just kind of rapping and it, it, it kind of takes you out of it. But she does such a good job of just, I mean, the, the most prominent example is the, I should have got a bigger dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> spectacular. And, and, uh, spectacular. And a spectacular point by you. Yeah, honestly, like that, I, once again, like I didn't even think of it, but you're totally right. Because um, I've been on the Kendrick Lamar subreddit all. all <laughs> there you have it. Because <laughs> she is an actress, you know. Uh, yeah. From what I understand, I don't know like the extent of her work, but um, uh, she, if she, I would like to check it out, she does a pretty good acting job on this song. Yeah. And like you said, I. I like I like the songs in Hamilton, right? But I can't escape that. Like no one talks like that, right? Like yeah. <laughs> especially not in those. T- no one. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> if we cry together, was Lin Manuel. <laughs> it's Lin Manuel and like David Diggs. Uh, <laughs> that's very good. But I, uh, I, yeah, that's a, a really good point. Um, Taylor Page, uh, very awesome. Um, yet another thing about this record that I'm sort of uh, conflicted on is just the features in general, but Ghostface and Taylor Page are a couple of the highlights for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So, you know, we could talk about yeah <laughs> problematic features as well as, you know, other things if you want to uh, now. like Yeah, so there's, okay, so there's problematic features and then there's the other big controversy about this album, um, specifically with Auntie Diaries. Uh, which would you like to talk about first? <laughs> I feel like we should uh, talk about Auntie Diaries first. Yeah, okay. So Just Auntie Diaries. into it. Yeah, so I'm going to lay this out as objectively as I can, right? Like, Try not to inter- interject my opinion at all. I'm just going to, this is what it is. This is what the controversy is about. And then yeah. I'll let you have it. And then we can do our typical response of just going back and forth, meandering and ranting uh, with no discernible point. Being there right. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can wait until then. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Auntie Diaries is a song on this new Kendrick Lamar album. <laughs> um, so, no, okay, it's, it's a song about his trans uncle, and uh, more specifically, I guess it's centered on Kendrick in this way where uh, it's kind of like a, a young, coming-of-age Kendrick um, kind of coming to terms with having, like, a trans uncle, um, and ultimately... It's a song about Kendrick learning how to be mature about these things and kind of getting rid of like this past problematic attitude and behavior he had toward uh, transgendered people. Um, so it's this sort of like Kendrick realizing uh, how to be responsible. Um, but in doing so, he uses f slurs on this song he uses dead names he misgenders um it's a song okay now we can i'll brief like and i'll toss it off to you in my opinion i think it's like a well-intentioned song and i also think it's kind of the intention doesn't fully matter that much in that i think it's kind of unfortunate that like this song I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad song or that like Kendrick is a bad person for putting this song out, but I think it just could have been done better and cleaner and more efficiently. And there's like a more effective version of this song that is getting the message out that Kendrick wants to say, but we're not really talking about the message he wants to say because we're talking about all these controversial 
aspects of this song that like did not need to be here so i don't know yeah my like just basic um thought on this is that it's it's just it's lazy yeah, right right it's like it's a really well-intentioned uh track mm-hmm. and i don't think that it is intended to be transphobic or homophobic i think it's supposed to be the opposite but it's supposed to be very accepting right um and reflecting on his own transphobia and homophobia from the past but he is you know he's kendrick lamar for one yeah so lyrics is and and uh writing heady conceptual reflective things is his thing Mm -hmm. um i don't understand how this kind of came to be you know what i mean i i feel like this it it really could have been executed so much better Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's also kendrick like if this was anybody i'd be like this is a very lazy attempt at trying to be uh accepting of uh you know transgender people within your own family i but it's kendrick (laughs) yeah and so the bar is like even higher here. And Kendrick knows the influence he has. That's like what exactly, a large aspect yeah. of this album is about. And this song is clearly meant to uh, be a message to his fans, to like members of the hip hop community who have been transphobic and homophobic in the past and currently. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely trying to say something here, and it it comes across in just the most like oh my god yeah like. It- Dude, stop. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, like that kind of... Uh, and I, I should have mentioned this honestly first, is that, you know, we're cis, right? And we're not speaking yeah. for anyone in the trans community or the trans community as a whole. I kind of asked myself the following questions as I thought about this song. And I would encourage others to, like, think about these questions as well. Uh, what was the purpose of this song? What were the points that Kendrick was trying to make on this song? What is the best way to execute that vision? Is there a version of this song that is just as effective or even more effective Mm. without using F-slurs, dead names, and misgendering? Are people who take offense to this song missing the point, or are they just wishing the point was made in a way that was more thoughtful? So That last last one is a spectacular uh, point, and I I think I, I would say the latter for sure. Yeah, I think, right, like, I think people would love the idea. Yeah, right, go ahead. I will say, sorry to interrupt. No, go for I it. I would say, to your point, I would also say, even if they're just straight up offended by this, yes, uh, because of all of the f slurs that mm. are just mm-hmm. just sprinkled in here yeah. with no regard, literally the hook. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's very reasonable. That's totally honestly. yeah, totally okay. Kendrick is not a, 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 a is a straight male rapper. Yeah, so he doesn't have any. A real need to use these slurs other than he's just like you know i'm gonna say it like i used to say it whenever i was a kid to show people that you know maybe are in my same boat that it's okay that you did it just be better now it's like i i don't think you have to do that like right that's a, that's the kind of the thing is like um i don't think this song is going to be the sole impact on like how his audience views the trans community it might have some impact i don't think it's going to be the only thing but if you're going to do a song like this, 
you should be careful and do it right. It's okay, I think, for uh, – I don't expect people to, like, totally understand all of this, like, overnight. Like, flip a switch and it's like, oh, now I totally understand, uh, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's totally, you know, like – for some people it's like, wait, what are you saying? I totally get, like, it, people are on a journey to acceptance, right? Yeah. And so I'm not, like, faulting Kendrick or anyone who has, like, good intentions and – is genuinely trying to reach that yeah. total acceptance. There's going to be some missteps, but he did not have to put the song out. He didn't have to make a song about it, right? Yeah, and exactly. So yeah. that's kind of what I keep coming back to is like, okay, maybe his heart was in the right place. Maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z, but like this song did not have to be on this album. It otherwise doesn't really fit in conceptually on this album. You know, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in that regard. Um, that's a good point too. I don't. So, I don't know. Yeah, really, what conceptually this is, where this is supposed to land. Like, yeah, I will say a couple positive things about this uh, because we're running out of time, and I do want to get to like R. Kelly and Kodak Black and stuff. Yeah, um, there are a couple things about the song I think are I actually liked. Uh, one, I, I do like toward the end, like Kendrick calls out kind of the religious community specifically uh, yeah. for their attitude, especially coming from. Kendrick, who is very religious himself, uh, you know, I like that lyric. It's the day I chose humanity over religion, and also, no one's talking about this for obvious reasons. But like, I really, I really do like this instrumental. I think it's really pretty. Yeah, uh, it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> and the swelling at the end is it's like great. honestly pretty chill-inducing. I think it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, of course, like that's like the fifth most important aspect of this song, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, any any more thoughts on Auntie Diaries before we kind of moved over to the other major controversy about this record? Um, n- yeah, no, I I I, uh, I I don't think I have anything. Oh, I'll, I'll real quick. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think that this is an example, like you said, that he didn't have to make this. He chose it because he wanted to put this message out into the world. I think this is, you know, what I was saying earlier, his savior complex getting in the way Mm. of him putting out things that are actually, you know, good and needed. Yeah. Uh, This was him doing this because I think he's doing this, you know, I don't want to to put anything on him but from mm-hmm. my perspective this is him putting this out because he's like the people need to hear what i have to say about right. this yeah I you can know see that. and it's like no we we don't actually <laughs> we very much do not if this is what you're gonna say it, right right and uh you know i've seen it's like oh well at least it's sparking conversation like it i hate maybe it's because we're in the era of joe rogan but i really hate that like i hate that's like yeah, well, oh we can just say yeah. whatever we want and then it's like oh at least people are talking about it like yeah miss absolutely me that. not that's not a sign of a good uh yeah miss me with that yeah i actually though this this topic i want to we're going to talk about now um it really ties into the overall themes of this album and i think is like one of the biggest things holding this album back to me is um the inclusion of alleged abuser Kodak Black on this album, uh, the multiple references seemingly in support of uh, known abuser R. Kelly. Um, and what I what I don't like is that if this was just like one song, I would still hate it, right? Yeah. But this is on multiple songs, and it's like so tied to the themes of this record that I cannot yeah. ignore it. Um, so a lot of this album is about 
Kendrick not being a savior. Kendrick is human. We're all humans. Humans are flawed. And this is another example of like, I agree, I agree, I agree, but uh, humans are flawed. So, you know, maybe we should be more forgiving and understanding uh, when people are uh, uh, abusive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That seems to be kind of the impression that I'm getting here. Uh, So Kodak Black is throughout this album seemingly not really adding to the album, if I'm being totally honest. His inclusion Mm -hmm. seems to be... I'm going to rant, by the way. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, His his inclusion seems to be like strictly an artistic statement. Like, oh, I'm adding Kodak because like he's a... He's a personification of what I'm talking about, about people having these flaws. Um, And it reminded me and many other people, I'm not the first one to make this point, but like Kanye on Donda having the baby and Marilyn Manson as this sort of like, oh, well, actually, maybe uh, it's okay to have these uh, problematic people on our record if it's for an artistic purpose. Uh, instead of like giving these opportunities to people who are not alleged abusers. And the mm-hmm. last thing I'll say before I get to you is uh, there's this one lyric on Mr. Morale, the title track, one of the two title tracks, I guess. Uh, he says, I think about Robert Kelly. If he weren't molested, I wonder if life would fail him. And so that line, so like trauma is very serious. I'm not questioning that. Yeah. Uh, It can explain some behavior, but I do not think it can um, excuse it. Uh, There are ways of coping with trauma that aren't abusive toward others. Not there are plenty of people have experienced trauma in their lives, and not every person has handled it the way R. Kelly did. Uh, If we're even accepting the notion that like the trauma is what fueled those actions in the first place, which I think is up for debate, and Kendrick saying, "I wonder if life would fail him." kind of suggests that like this was going to happen anyway and that R. Kelly didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of control. I just disagree with that and I think that perspective like permeates throughout this record. Anyway, go ahead. That is an absolutely spectacular <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Of, of, I, of, I've thought about of this that. album a lot. <laughs> yeah. That that is that that is very much uh yeah, very yeah. much how I, I feel about <laughs> about this. It's yeah yeah, so I think that the it, this to me the inclusion of Kodak Black is to me him saying this thing of we need to practice forgiveness, yeah, right? Right. And uh, <clears throat> the Mother I Sober I think is one of the best examples of him showcasing how forgiveness um, is ultimately the path to transforming and kind of transcending this trauma. And and moving into a, a a life that you can live without this hanging over you all the time, I agree with that message. But the inclusion of Kodak Black right. is such a naive way of saying we need to forgive those that have mm-hmm. done wrong. You know, it's such a it's such a like just uh, it. Kodak Black has is a human. He's a person. Yeah. He shouldn't be like. It, it, if the people that he's hurt choose to forgive him, then that's that's on them. That's fantastic. Right. right. But I don't think that it's on the public to forgive him for anything. You know, it's it, this is not what that's about. This is a, a 
we're supposed to take these people kind of as they are, as they're presented to us. And when you see something like that happen, why would you ever like show it's not about showing forgiveness. I think it's more about just being like, okay, I'm going to choose to support somebody who doesn't do that kind of stuff instead. Right. Like I, I think that there's like this, this whole thing of like, we need to practice forgiveness instead of canceling each other. It's like, well, there's too many damn people in the world uh, and on social media and people that you'll never meet celebrities that you yeah. will never meet yeah. who are mm-hmm. benefiting from uh, 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 abusing people and taking advantage of other people that like that's not when forgiveness needs to be put in place that's for people that are actually around you and people that actually affect your life you know yeah and, and he kind of ties this stuff into like cancel culture too which it's so yeah it, it's like i'm not even it, sure cancel culture exists and if it does it it's for like maybe a tweet from like a decade ago i guess <laughs> yeah it, it, r kelly this is not canceled this is it, like absolutely yeah. yeah like i i think that that is totally also a little dangerous too because it's absolutely like, it's saying that like uh yeah, it, it, it is totally it's saying that anybody who's being bad mouthed on social media for their actions is falling victim to these right. uh, this cancel culture, which is, I guess, this uncontrollable entity. You know, whatever. Like, right? Yeah, and, and like, I don't know how much of this, whether it's Kanye or Kendrick, is artistic statement versus this, like, oh well, I'm going to stick up for uh, my friend or like an artist that I'm a fan of. Like this sort of idea where it's like, uh, I didn't really have an opinion on Ricky Gervais, but now that the woke mob is after him, maybe I'll check out one of his special, you know, maybe it's something like that. And before we, unfortunately we have to transition to like final thoughts soon. Uh, I could do another two hours of this, but I know. Yeah. Last thing I'll kind I'll kind of say, and I'll give you final thoughts on this topic is like, just to reiterate, I can't just ignore the song that does this like uh like the slow tie album last year they had he had a song about cancel culture or whatever i'm like okay this song is stupid for x y and z Mm -hmm. but i like a lot of the other songs on here this this general like entire interweavings of topics it, it it permeates throughout the entire record and it spoils a lot of it for me yeah uh, this isn't oh just take out the cancel culture song or take out the r kelly apologist song it's like very fundamental to the idea of what this record is going for and so that's kind of why it becomes such a big issue yeah yeah, yeah. that that's that's totally right there's it's such a uh, kind of a yeah yeah careless a careless addition to the concept yeah absolutely anything you wanted to say on that topic yeah uh, well uh yeah, I, I think that, again, this is just another example of Kendrick thinking that he knows better mm-hmm. than a lot of, you know, other people that are making decisions about people like, you know, than than even like the victims, I think, of these people that he's right. talking about on uh, this album because he's reached some level of uh, forgiveness in his own life. He wants to project that onto other people. Uh, that's like a, a bit of a maybe I'm projecting a little bit too hard there, but that's kind of the message I got from yeah. there. I don't and think you have to reach too hard to get that out of it. You know, it was but, a little. It was it was very patronizing. I'll say. Yeah, I I think that I I can't imagine that uh, 
any victims of of their abuse would right. be okay with like what he's talking about absolutely yeah and so it's just and, and some of it spins into this idea that like maybe they are actually the victims as well and that's just dangerous I, and terrible and wrong yeah. for we, that is like a whole yeah that's a whole yeah. that's a whole thing um I okay. We'll have to transition to final thoughts, unfortunately. But uh, dang, I can't believe we filled up like uh, that much. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, th- there's still so much I want to say too. Is yeah. the problem, but you know, limitations in recording. Unfortunately, we got to keep these under like 90 minutes. So yeah. Um, did you want to go first on final thoughts, or did you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. On okay, this one. sounds good. Uh, final thoughts. I'll allow it. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. A uh, couple really quick things before final thoughts. Uh, Final thoughts before final thoughts. One, I do actually want to recommend Dead and Hip Hop's review of this album. Uh, they touch on a lot of what we mm. talked about, and I, <laughs> I ended up parroting a lot of like what Mike Seatown said, admittedly, uh, just because I was like, "Yep, you nailed it, you got it." Um, but it's a really good conversation. It's in good faith from everyone involved, and uh, you know, I think that's pretty good stuff. The other thing I want to say about this album, real quick is that it's been getting a lot of comparisons to, to Pimp a Butterfly because it like doesn't have bangers, quote unquote. Um, and when people are debating Good Kid, Mad City versus To Pimp a Butterfly, it's like, oh, well, which one of these are you actually listening to more? And and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be an argument for Good Kid, Mad City, right? Because it has more bangers. It has a little poppier production. But that argument falls flat for me because To Pimp a Butterfly has incredible instrumentation that's super interesting and, like you said, fits thematically like perfectly. This mm-hmm. is an example of an album where, like, I don't find it that interesting instrumentally overall. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to be coming back to this album that much. And that is what segues into my final thoughts. Uh, once again, Kendrick is one of the best rappers right now. One of the best rappers right now. His cadences, especially uh, his flows, rhyme patterns, like technicality in general, it's all on point. If there is a drop off, in terms of rapping ability on this album compared to his previous albums, I don't think it's a significant one. But I do feel conflicted in regards to like nearly every other aspect of uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, at times, I really appreciate the depth and the originality of these instrumentals, and other times I find them like dull or forgettable. Um, sometimes the featured guests steal the show. Shout out to Taylor Page. And sometimes the featured mm-hmm. guests don't really have much of an impact. Um, much of the commentary is appreciated and well delivered, but uh, as you know by this point, a lot of it I find frustrating and clumsy to like say the the best. Um, I eagerly anticipated this record as someone who has been a big fan of Kendrick in the past. I don't think Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is in the same league as some of his best works, but I don't hold that against this album because most albums aren't in that league. Um, but opinions on music are uncontrollably like comparative you know if if i only think an album is decent it's because i've heard music i would rather hear you know i can compare it to other music like especially hip-hop music that i would rather be listening to and i would rather listen to push a t because i find it catchier than this album i would rather listen to conway the machine's new album because i find it more emotionally impactful Mm -hmm. i would rather listen to the new billy woods album because i find it more conceptual and does a better job of executing that concept more thoughts on billy woods in a couple of episodes from now by the way where mr morale and the big steppers truly separates itself from his contemporaries is that it's the most ambitious hip-hop album i've heard in a while i think that's safe to say it's super ambitious 
But ambition isn't inherently a positive trait. Hip-hop albums can never have production that is, like, too good or lyricism that is too good, but they can be too ambitious. Or at least an album can possibly not live up to its own ambitions. So mm -hmm. ambition can kind of raise an album's potential ceiling, but ultimately the execution is what matters. And to me, the execution is slightly enjoyable, but mostly a mixed bag. So I'm actually I'm going six out of ten on this one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That, those are fantastic final thoughts. Thank by you. the way, thank you. I, I that was a great it. breakdown. Thank you. I've thought a lot about this half. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna actually piggyback off of the what you were saying about the ambitions mm. on this album because I this is this ties into mine as well. I think that this album suffers from over ambition, mm. uh, but no clear direction. Mm. There is this this passion and this urgency and this need to get this you know message out that Kendrick has. He just has you can tell there's this inherent feeling to this album that's captured really well on certain tracks um, that you know Kendrick needs to address the the societal ills in the world the the like urgency of. Uh, of every all the wrong messy stuff that's happening trauma and sexual abuse and things like that from the past even he feels this need to talk about it but he has no clear mm. path forward for any of those things so it ends up being quite a bit of a mess mm -hmm. i think um and and it also ends up being overly vague so and i think that the um uh the ambitiousness of this project is also not fleshed out to its highest uh to or to yeah to its highest quality like this could have gone further it doesn't have to be just a therapy session this and if it was a therapy session why is it structured this way mm. you know mm -hmm. most therapy sessions if you're the people would literally have used the timestamp as a reason for it being, you know, an hour long therapy session too, right? Okay, well then most therapy sessions don't start off super intense and then hop into just mm. a like, yay, okay, we're talking about like, you know, <laughs> how much I love like my partner now or something. It's a good like point. It, there's a more thoughtful way to even structure that, and this is just off the top of my head here, so I'm just kind of confused. Um, by a lot of the messaging on here, a lot of the structuring, but I'm, you know, very impressed by all of the technical aspects on here. It's it's mm -hmm. it's great. I, I think that you could throw this album on and barely listen to it, and it would be fantastic. <laughs> the ultimate compliment. <laughs> it would be one of the best albums you could hear this year if you just threw it on and didn't really listen to it. <laughs> that's, that's actually really great. I like that. Steal yeah, that so line. because of that, I am in agreement with you. Okay, it's six out of ten for me as well. Yeah, and um, it's it's disappointing, but you know, those are our thoughts. That that once I factored in everything I feel about this album, tried my best to isolate my own opinion versus like the opinion of others versus the hype versus not trying to be too backlash just because it's Kendrick. Ugh, and this is where I land. Um, yeah, but ultimately, I just kind of had to like. I'm probably not going to return to this album much. Um, yeah, and uh, for for various reasons, I'm probably not going to return to this album very much. 
Yeah, yeah. And there's also not one, like, you know, specific standout track on here either. Yeah. That, uh, you know, Mother Eye Sober, I, I mentioned, is, like, a great one. Uh, but I don't really see myself going back to it that often, you know. So right. It, it kind of suffers a little bit from that, too. I don't have, like, an all right or something like that uh yeah, I, I I feel similarly about Father Time, which is like a highlight as I'm listening to this album, but I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to listen to Father Time. Um, yeah, like Damn at least had like DNA. Sure, yeah, right. Or like Humble or whatever. Right. Uh, and that's not even from like a banger perspective. That's from like a uh, a good song perspective. Yeah, I, I exactly, yeah. Yeah, so um, gosh, yeah. Uh, that This was a lot. I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about these things. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish uh, we weren't limited to this hour and a half uh, constriction. I'm not even sure why that exists, but like that has definitely backfired on us in the past. Yeah, I, I do know. recall. I could have talked about this for another hour, I think. I absolutely could have. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to be like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers Part 2. Oh, maybe that's what we should have done. This was the Mr. Morale pod. And then the big, and then the, the two pods. <laughs> the big step. Yeah, this is this is our conceptual uh, narrative for the podcast. Right. Yeah. The the two podcasts mirror each other, and if you like, look at the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So on the next one, we'll be like super positive about it. Then... <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thank you all for listening, Patrick. Thank you for joining me. There was yeah. a lot of serious stuff in this episode, but. Uh, next episode, not to spoil it, <laughs> is very much not serious at all. We have a fun surprise planned. Yeah. Um, we'll probably record that on like let's say like Father's Day or so. Maybe maybe that'll work out. I think that that would work out for me. Yeah, sounds about sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. <laughs>